So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. You know, it's one thing to vaguely know that your neighbor and friend owns a jet engine company. It's a whole other thing to understand how Sam Jones actually achieved the life he's created for himself. Especially given that, as Sam explains it, he's not supposed to be here. That growing up, poverty-stricken, in the heart of Detroit, he's supposed to be dead. Which is exactly the point Sam hammers home throughout what, for me, was a very intriguing discussion. That each of our lives and our respective upbringings necessarily form the context in which our careers must take shape for Sam Growing up the way he did instilled a sense of immediacy and urgency in him to do what he could to literally break the patterns around him. It's truly a rich conversation, and towards the end of it, I love, love, love his perspective on mentors, or as the case for so many of us may be, the lack thereof, 100% worth its weight in gold. So without further ado, please allow me to present to you my conversation with Sam Jones. Well, Sam, firstly, thank you for agreeing to do this. Share your oh, journey. Of course. of course. All right, so let's get started. So question number one for you, Sam. Do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what in the world I'm doing here on this planet? I'm meant to be doing here on this planet. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I do think about that. And in, in the context, it ends up going around the, the thought of purpose. Um, uh, is a rich one for me. Yeah. Because if if you look at my background, I, I shouldn't be here. There is there is nothing about my background that says I should be doing what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, in the fashion and format that I am, which tells me that there's something bigger than me at play. Yes. And that I need to think about that. So what's happened is that mission... I realize is evolving. Yep. And it's my job to try to keep up with it. So at every point in, in time, I try to step back and say, okay, here's where I am. Here's where I've been. Here's the trajectory that I'm on. What does this mean for me? Yeah. And so as a result, it's, it's been a really fun opportunity to think about that. And, and try to come up with a framework for, for why I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And as a result, it's, it's helped to carry me forward as opposed to either living in the past or, or completely living in the now. There's always the, what I call blue sky to breadcrumbs, which is, you know, what is this big thing that I need to be doing? And how can I dream as big as I possibly can? And like in Hansel and Gretel, you know, what are the breadcrumbs that actually get there? Right. And so I'm constantly in this this dream execute blue sky to breadcrumbs living. 
So can you explain a little bit more when you think about this idea of purpose and mission, how do you frame that for yourself? Sure. So, so what's funny is, is I find inspiration in, I should say, I find inspiration in things that are different than what I'm doing. Yep. So part of my job is, is, is literally to break industries. And so if I'm trying to break an industry, why would I look towards that industry for inspiration? Right. If I'm trying to break it. So I usually end up talking with folks that do things that are very different than what I do, yep. whether that's in the business world, different industries, um, uh, different approaches to different challenges, even folks that are outside of my industry. You know, so what are those, you know, what are these artists doing? How do they create the unique sounds that they do, the unique product that they do? Yep. And then I try to say, okay, let me apply that to my life. Um, and apply that context to what I'm doing. And so a lot of things that look like that help to inform me. So when you look at, say, for instance, things that have happened in the civil rights movement, you know, if not you, then who? You know, if not now, then when? Yep. Uh, that actually means a lot to me. Yep. Because uh, I've, I've been blessed with a certain way of thinking and executing. And... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in putting that into action. And when I'm not, I have to remind myself that you know, if, if not me, then who's going to do it? Right. And if not now, when? Uh, so there's a bunch of those frameworks that help me. So it seems like there's a um, heavy sort of uh, urgency, immediacy, and disruption. Yes. Are those yes. fair threads? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so another way of thinking about that is <laughs> I, I have these funny ways of thinking about what I do and, and, and each sort of level of that. And one of them is, is uh, a phrase by uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson. It's called, it says, um, uh, faster, faster till the thrill of speed overcomes the fear of death. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's a lot to think about. So, so. You're moving so quickly that it is scary Yep. until you hit an inflection point where the joy of what you're doing outstrips the fear that you have in doing it. Yes. And I try to get to that with whatever I'm doing. And frankly, when things are moving as quickly as they are in, in, in whatever I'm doing, or it, it feels like I'm overwhelmed, I think about that. Yeah. And it, it helps to get me through it. Sam, when did you first realize the sort of framework of yourself and of your approach to life? When, when did that sort of become a conscious idea in your mind? Well, it's funny, Gerd, because uh, I've had elements of the calculus before I studied math. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the elements of that calculus are um, you talk a little bit differently than everybody else or you think about things a little bit differently than everybody else. Yeah. You know, that's a funny way to approach that. That's weird of yeah. how you're thinking about that. I wouldn't do it this way. And, and all of those are when you're younger, whether that's a teenager or even in your 20s, those are things that can be hard to hear. Yes. Because oftentimes you want to fit in. But 
what I also realized later on is that it's simple mathematics, which is if you're doing it right, as you get to greatness, you don't look like everybody else. Yes. And so those things that people were telling me, oh, I wouldn't think about it this way. Well, I'm trying to break you. So why would I want to think, think about it your way? Right. Or that's a different approach. It should be a different approach because I'm trying to do things different than an industry that does things one way. You know, all of those were helpful to me to say, okay, let me be comfortable being uncomfortable. Let me be comfortable being different than everybody else. Where does I, this idea of breaking you or breaking the industry, where, would you, where do you think that comes from? <laughs> um, if you look at my background, and, and I grew up in, in very challenged circumstances, yep. where uh, if you look uh, statistically, I, I'm just not supposed to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm supposed to be dead. Um, and so in order to get past that, I couldn't disrupt the process and the path. I had to break it yeah, in order to get past it. So that helped to inform me when I you know, studied at Harvard Business School and with Clay Christensen and the whole innovator's dilemma thing where he talked about uh, disruption and disruptive markets and such. Well, my adapt adaptation of that is, well, look, in order for me to get to where I am at that point, I had to break my scenario, not disrupt it. Yeah. So then from there, it's how do I break what I'm doing, the, you know, the industry that I'm doing or the processes of Got that it. industry as opposed to disruption. So, so everything that has been my past ends up informing the things that I learn and execute um, in the now. And then going forward, that helps as I, I, I dream about what's next. When you say, I'm not supposed to be here. Can you explain to the listeners what you mean by that? So I speak in these these general terms of a challenged background and 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 things were hard. Um, and, and some of the specifics to that is is I grew up in the inner city of Detroit with well 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 below the poverty line economically, um, and in a city that was uh, faced with tremendous challenges on the macro and the micro levels. Yep. And when you look at young African-American men in that scenario, um, the statistics say that you're not going to make it out. Yes. So it took an uncommon amount of energy to break that gravity. And again, there's the term again, break. Yes. Uh, and so I have to speak in these definitive terms because that's what I had to do in order to get that escape velocity from the challenges of a wonderful place like Detroit. Now, think about this. The way that I look at that, and I, I, I pride myself in, in trying to look at things a little bit differently than other folks, that's not a bad thing. That's not a boo-hoo story. To me, I have had unfair competitive advantages in the challenges that I've had that have created you know, these calluses that have helped me and the things that I'm doing now, you know, doing aviation and buying a jet engine company, that's actually not that hard. Yep. Um, surviving in the challenges of, of, of an inner city Detroit at the time that I was there uh, was a challenge. Yeah. So I've been able to adapt that unfair competitive advantage in the things I'm doing now. 
I want to come back to that in a second, but real quickly, can you tell the listeners what it is that you do today? So I buy jet engines. Yep. So the best way to think about that is um, there are four companies in the world that are allowed to be the parts market for the largest of jet engines, the largest of commercial airlines. And I bought one of the four companies that is allowed to be that parts market uh, called Hawkeye Engine Services. Yep. And then I created a company that goes along with it that helps to refinance the industry. So the best way to think about that, Gur, is if you're equated to the automotive industry, mm-hmm. uh, there's General Motors and GMAC. I-, I bought the aviation version of GM, and then I started a company that looks a lot like GMAC. Got it. And let me ask the question then from another angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? <laughs> um, I'm not even near, anywhere near what I thought I would be doing uh, when I was, was much, much younger. So, so one of the words that is important to uh, me is, is context. And when you look at uh, my background and where I grew up, I had a rich context from my family yep. uh, and a rich context from the beautiful surroundings of Detroit, but it was still incredibly limited. It was it was literally focused on on that area. So, appropriately, my big dreams, my big blue sky, was associated with the context that I had. So I wasn't able to think about the concept of jet engines and and aviation and and media, which is stuff I used to do, or telecom or datacom or finance, which is other stuff I used to do. I I just had no context. So I was able to step up every once in a while and do these quantum leaps. And, And at a certain point, the highest point in the context that I was in, I was able to jump up and see other stuff for the first time. And that would inform my context. So what I grew faith in, Gur, is that at some point, I'm not going to know what's next, but I have faith in my process in figuring it out. Sam, what was it about you that gave you that power and that drive to throttle forward despite your circumstances. What was it and where does that come from? It, it, it becomes a multivariate calculus. And excuse me for the nerdling. But to make that even, even simpler, um, you know, elements of a calculus, elements of a, of a formula, um, to me it was never any one variable. It, it took multiple things and then different things over time. So, you know, what I mean by that is uh, there's another saying that, that I have, which is when you add time into any calculus, it changes the equation drastically. Right. So you have to continually adapt your equation. So uh, w- what helped me when I was younger, uh, when I was a, a, a little kid in, in lovely Detroit, yep. was my mother. You know, my mother uh, raised uh, three kids, uh, both my sisters significantly smarter than I am. And as a result, I had my mother who focused on education. And then I had these brilliant examples of my sisters um, as, as, as my, quote, mentors, in a yeah. sense. And so from there, I said, okay, well, it's important to make sure that my arithmetic is correct. 
and it's important that I say well instead of good uh, with the uh, English side of things and literature and such. And all of a sudden, when I did that, I learned that context is important. And when you think about and you keep hearing these words come up again, Gur, but context then has different meanings in different scenarios. Yep. So context in mathematics is the same as calculus. Context in, in literature is third-person omniscient, understanding what's happening in the system you know, from the third-person uh, perspective. Right. Uh, context in, in science is, is, is a chemistry. Uh, so each one of these has a, a richer understanding of all of those things informed me. Yep. And I only understood those over time. So I got very comfortable with the concept of change, uh, the concept of time, the concept of not knowing exactly what comes next, but feeling comfortable in the process of, of learning and applying. Yep. And that's, that's continued to inform me today. Got it. Can you tell me what it is your, your mom did? So uh, my mother was uh, a teacher. And she was a nurse, and uh, particularly as a nurse, she focused on end-of-life care. Oh, wow. So I got a chance to, to just understand and, and frankly, hear uh, a, a bunch of people's looking back at life yes. as I was young. And so, again, you talk about perspective and context – uh, I got a little bit of a preview of what should be important and what shouldn't be right at a young age. And right. that was very helpful to me. What are those things that you remembered that you picked up? Wow. So, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things. Um, and I'm very colloquial, so so excuse some of the things that may come out of my mouth. There, no there's there's a basis, there's some educated basis behind this. That's <laughs> all good. <laughs> um, uh, one of them is try the sushi. Yep. And and what I mean by try the sushi is, uh, at times in your life, there are opportunities to do things that are are are, are not necessarily uh, uh, part of your palate. Yep. It's 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 something that. You're, you're in a, a different place that may seem strange or different or weird. But when you try it, it, it opens your eyes to different things. Yep. And then that becomes a part of your sum total of experiences. And life is a sum total of your experiences. So I, I learned to try the sushi, and, and that's been incredibly helpful to me. Uh, second is family is, is deeply important. So, uh, you know, the company that I have now, uh, the, the board meetings that I have, uh, the, the folks that are uh, a part of those meetings uh, are well aware that my sons uh, may be uh, in the background listening to what's going on, and I may ask them a question or two, and they're 10 and 12. So, so that's just, you know, the way that it works. There is a way to incorporate life into every part of your existence. Right. And then, you know, the other piece is, you know, get to life. Just get at it. Yep. Just get at it because we, we, we don't have a bunch of functional time uh, on, on this, this, this big blue ball. Yes. So, so how do we get to it? And, and, and I've learned to, to, to just go for it and, and, and get it going. Why does that prove to be so challenging for people? Hmm. Well, 
So, uh, again, I'm in the, the jet engine world, so the yep. aviation world, and the concept of drag coefficient comes up in yep. aviation. And, and, and in life, so you take it out of that context and you put it in life and, and to, to have a, a very cold analytical term of, of drag coefficients, that happens in life. Yeah. So you start out and maybe you got some school debt, maybe you don't. Um, but any given Saturday night, you can go out and hang out because you're in your twenties and that's the way it works. And yeah, hey, and then, you know, you get yourself a job and that job ends up you know, taking some time. You gotta pay some bills. Right. And say, hey, maybe I should get a house. Oh, hey, I have a, a note that I have to pay. And, and right. if, if I don't take Ubers and such, then I have to get a car. And oh, there's another note that I have to pay. And oh my God, a kid? Wait, nobody told me <laughs> that I have to spend this much time and money and responsibility. So, so these, these drag coefficients end up becoming a part of, of, of your life. And so, as a result, people have to adjust their dreams yeah. for the realities of life. Yeah. And so, there ends up being a more conservative approach necessarily because there are real life responsibilities beyond, you know, mine in this case. Right. But the way that I think about that is, um, it, it is it is in part my responsibility to make sure that the basics of all of those responsibilities are covered, but also to reach forward as much as I possibly can. So when you tie that to all that we've discussed, uh, even in this call, which is, you know, if not who, yep. you know, then, you know, who is it going to be? If not now, when? Um, I, I, I've been blessed with a certain amount of tools that can move all of those responsibilities forward and all the personal stakeholders that I have forward. Yeah. And so I weave that into my daily life. You know, how do we not just survive? How do we thrive? Yeah. So all of that's a part of it. Isn't there an inherent challenge between the drag coefficients that we have in our lives and the the other line of thinking, if not who there's a potential conflict there, right? Because one puts a pressure on you, the if not who puts a pressure on you or feels like it might put a pressure on you to do something, but then you're faced with the reality of your drag coefficient. How do you, how do you bridge those two? Or what do you use so, to get over the drag coefficient? Yeah. You know, and, and it's, 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 it, that's a great question, Gert, because, you know, I, I guess one of the ways to think about it is the things that go on to the, to the highest of heights are built for that. And, and while it looks like an elegant journey, it, 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 getting, getting to those highest of heights, and I'm not there yet. You know, yep. I've, I've got a whole bunch of climbing that, that needs to happen. Um, but that journey is often violent. So, you know, there's this romantic view of, of being an entrepreneur. Uh, oh, right. you're your own boss. <laughs> right. Oh, this is great. You're the CEO. That's awesome. But it's actually really hard. Right. Um, but you know, when you look at things that, that end up going on to do great things, they're, they're, they're typically built for that. So the example that I have is, is uh, uh, there was a plane that, that's important in history called the, the Bell X-1. Okay. And Chuck Yeager uh, ended up piloting this uh, amazing aircraft 
and and it was the first aircraft to to break the sound barrier. And at the time, it 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 looked like a spaceship because it was so futuristic and cool. And uh, they fired it up, and there's this old footage of this plane moving forward. And then all of a sudden, it breaks the sound barrier, and and most of the talkovers that 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 people have of it is is this wonderful journey. But what folks normally don't know about and see is that as you approach the sound barrier, the airplane starts shaking like it's going to fall apart. Right. And 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 getting to that process of great greatness, getting to that inflection point from the normal to 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 the awesome is is really hard. Yeah. And it takes a lot of 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 escape velocity to actually make that happen. But 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 literally this plane was built for that. Yeah. And so when you look at the 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 challenges that that come from your life and and the challenges that are put in front of you, those are the things that are preparing you for that inflection point of greatness. Right. And so I look at it as 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 such. And 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 maybe that's the only way that I can cope with this sickness of being an entrepreneur and right. putting myself through the things that I do, but it, it's it served me well. Sam, back to your mom. You mentioned um, obviously the impact that the knowledge she's gotten from from her end of life care. Mm-hmm. Um, how else would you say that she impacted your career and decision making processes along the way, either explicitly or implicitly? So my mother. Uh, has helped in 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 ways that uh, uh, again are an unfair competitive advantage. Yep. So she understood that education was was deeply important to anyone's context. So right there, uh, what that means for me, and, and again, I'm a bit of a math nerd. So so here it comes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what that is is a common denominator. Yep. So that common denominator, at the least common denominator, ends up being what is true in my situation uh, in challenge circumstances in Detroit uh, is the same that is true uh, uh, at Harvard Business School, is the same that is true on Wall Street, is the, t- is the same that is true in building very large infrastructure plays in Europe and the United States, and it's very true in uh, aviation. So she taught me these, these, these common denominators with her approach of education, spirituality, family, and, and all of those end up weaving into the things that I'm doing today. And so, uh, just using that as, as an addendum to, uh, my education. Uh, at whatever schools I went to or, or Wall Street where, where I got trained on a bunch of stuff. Um, and again, that's an unfair competitive advantage. And, and frankly, uh, me and my two sisters uh, had a lock <laughs> in terms of the pipeline of that educational source. So, right. so all of that has been incredibly important to me. And then that understanding of context that she gave me in seeing folks with 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 that have started at this stage of their life, uh, maybe at the end of their life, and the experiences that they've shared with me has given me a sense of urgency to focus on the things that I do. 
I'm going to jump around here for a second, Sam. Yeah. On, on a scale of 0 to 10, where 0 is a total non-issue and 10 is a big, dark, gloomy shadow, how large a shadow would you say that financial considerations have had over your career path to date? So, you know, financial considerations. So, everyone's situation is unique. Yep. And, and mine has its unique flavor in the gravity of where I came from. Yep. So that gravity is always there, yep. which is there is a way that, that since I'm the primary person in, in my immediate and extended family uh, to take care of folks that if, if I go down, everybody else goes down. Right. So, you know, there's a, a, a responsibility that comes with that. So, um, uh, and then from a, perspective of what we talked about in terms of drag coefficients and time um as i get older uh as my uh, sons came around and 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 schools and all these wonderful things that that cost real monies uh there are real responsibilities that are important there yeah um so the answer to that question is i'd call it a six yep and so the reason why it's not higher, and much to the chagrin of, of some folks around me, <laughs> I, I'm not really driven by money. Yep. Um, uh, money is, is certainly a, a gauge and an important one. But money's for me and, and, and how that works for me, I, I, I just have this weird relationship with it, which is I'm really much more interested in, in, in how things get broken and transformed and made better again. And that's what's interesting to me. Um, but I'm reminded of the things that are important, the responsibilities that I have that I take very seriously, and, and I make sure that those are, are taken care of. Sam, thinking back on your career to date and life in general, and thinking back on your friends, family, and colleagues, is there a consistent thread in the type of counsel that they've sought from you throughout the years? There has been a, a consistent thread of, of, of thoughts that, that folks look for. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that is, is, is a very basic, you know, how do I become an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, and uh, remarkably what, I say to most folks about 98% and this is really scary to hear, but I'm going to say it, which is I say, don't do it. Uh huh. And the reason why is if you're doing it for the money, uh, let me tell you something. You can get a job at the car wash, uh, for more dollar per hour than <laughs> right. you would be putting in. Right. Um, and, and I've done that math. <laughs> right. Um, and that's not going to help you to win. Um, and then, uh, uh, if you're just doing it for the money, um, it, it really ends up being an empty solution. Experience, yep. And so uh, nobody wins in those scenarios. If there is something in you that that says. I really like doing things a little bit differently. I really enjoy what I do. 
and I'm not afraid of listening and getting smacked around in the process. You know, there's a selfless piece to something that is a solo journey at some point, you know, sort of the cult of the entrepreneur, the cult of the CEO, if you're doing it right in the early stages. If you can manage that dichotomy, then let's get to it. And as a result, I end up uh, having a, a pretty close relationship with, you know, a handful of entrepreneurs that uh, are, are looking to do things a little bit differently. Looking back, any big aggravations that you'd speak of to date uh, when it comes to your professional journey, or are there any career decisions that you would uh, choose to undo or somehow redo? It's hard for me to actually say I would do anything differently because all I know is what I've done now. Right. And there are great uh, uh, benefits and challenges that have come from that, but all, the, all of those make me who I am today. So, you know, as an example, uh, folks often ask the question of, of, of have I had mentors that, that, that show me various stuff or, you yeah. know, who's your top mentor? And unfortunately, but also fortunately in my life, to, and this answers your question, I, I haven't had mentors. And I haven't had somebody on Wall Street when I was there that said, hey, Sam Jones, I'm going to take you under my wing and I'm going to show you how to do this. But what I had was I'm used to not having mentors, so I'm going to look at this man. I'm going to look at this woman. I'm going to look at this associate. I'm going to look at this senior VP. I'm going to look at this CEO and I'm going to make the experience essentially a synthetic mentor for me. Yeah. Because I hadn't had mentors in my life. So while it's sad that I can't look back and, and point to a bunch of folks as my mentor, I have the abilities to synthesize that. Yeah. And that served me well as I look at, okay, let me go into this industry that may not uh, be excited about being broken uh, and come up with a series of solutions because I can synthesize them. So you know, I, 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 I've, it's oh hard God. for me to say, hey, you know, let me, I really wish I had some more mentors. Now, the thing that I really uh, do wish was, was possible is that I had learned these things earlier. So, you know, uh, trying the sushi. I wish I tried the sushi earlier. Right. I really do. Because I would have said, "Wow, this is this is awesome." What else is out there? And 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 that becomes a, a network effect because the the thing that you do better ends up leading to many more things that you are exposed to, and then many more things that you do better, and then many many many, many more things that you're exposed to, and then many 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 more things that you do better. And so I just wish I had gotten to that earlier. But I am I I've also learned that I I, I just have to be thankful for the situation that I'm in and all the, the the wonderful beauty of it and all the what's to go with it too because all that is making me who I am. On the flip side, Sam, any things that you would tout as particular highlights of your career huh. to date? Yeah, so so there's some fun tent poles of of my career that are so different in what they are from the norm that most people wouldn't understand them. Right. Uh, not not because they're not smart, 
or 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 don't have the capability. It's just so off the beaten path that it, it's so obscure and weird. But it ended up having helped my career. So, um, uh, a few of them in the earlier stage of my life, uh, working on Wall Street in the fashion and groups that I did. So I did uh, mortgage-backed security research, which was a bunch of of Uber nerds, including me, um, uh, coming up with. Uh, ways to create uh, very complex uh, securities using macroeconomic and microeconomic models. And then I did merger and acquisition work for technology companies uh, in the early to mid-90s. Um, and there's a certain set of learnings that I got from that that were very helpful in things that I'm doing now. And then uh, I, I got a taste for uh, uh, what are called Ellie's. Uh, you know, what's an Ellie? So again, when you think about context in geological sciences, an Ellie is when uh, uh, a big rock comes from the sky, hits the earth, and dinosaurs die. It's an extinction-level event, an Ellie, E-L-E. There are some challenges in business that are so large that no one company can handle it. It takes an entire ecosystem to change it. So it's an Ellie in that regard, an ecosystem-level event. And so I got exposed to some of those. So I helped to build very large telecom uh, and datacom networks in Europe using very large approaches and governments, uh, private equity, banks, uh, large telecom and datacom providers to build these very large things. Uh, and then I, I just got a, a, a taste for Ellie's. And as a result, uh, my next moves into into media, just as an example, uh, was, okay, well, if I look at uh, the media world and the disruption that's happening there, there's an Ellie that's part of that. So I started a company that bought dead magazines to help transform media. And I just got comfortable with that as, as, as a modus operandi. And in order to do things well in, in technology and media, I realized that I needed capital and resources that are very different than the industries that I'm breaking. So I bought a jet engine company with a certain return profile. And I could do that because I used uh, a bunch of the same techniques in building very large telecom, datacom networks or building media companies um, uh, and, and, and then doing uh, merger and acquisition work at, at a DLJ or or mortgage-backed securities at Goldman Sachs. So, so I, I just used all of those things, and those became tent poles for these big quantum leaps of the next things that I end up doing. Last question for you here, Sam. Knowing what you know today, how would you advise your younger self? I would tell my younger self uh, to run harder. I'd tell my younger self to travel more. Yep. I tell my younger self to talk with people that don't look like you in whatever context that means. Yep. Uh, so in the professional world, if you are uh, uh, somebody that, that does manufacturing, uh, talk to somebody in the service industry. If you're in the service industry, talk to somebody who's not in the service industry. Um, if you're a marketer, talk to somebody who does operations. If you're an operations person, talk to somebody who does finance. If you are 
uh, a little black kid in the inner city of Detroit talk with somebody who's not a little black kid in the inner city of Detroit so you can help to inform the other uh, uh, little black kids in the inner city of Detroit. Context matters. Get comfortable with being different because that's what ends up winning in the end is those differences as opposed to how you look like everybody else. So, so all of those things end up being uh, what I would emphatically tell my younger self. Sam Jones, really, really <laughs> fantastic conversation. Well, Gur, you know, it's, um, I, I, I love what you're doing and, 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 and what you're doing is so important. And I'm just so happy that, uh, uh, that, that we're doing this conversation. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.